Kevin Pruitt with Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Matthew Alexander. Matthew, thanks for joining us today on Rising Tide. Thanks, Kevin. Excited to be here. Uh, super excited. I know we first uh, touched base through Facebook, and now we're here. Uh, absolutely. I've been looking forward to this interview and a little pre-chat, just, just kind of building a little uh, background and, and a little laying the groundwork for the episode, so I'm, I'm I am anxious to uh, throw you some curveballs here during the interview and, and see if I can trip you up a little bit on some of your answers. But you, you seem to be ready to answer about anything I ask. So Yeah, I mean, I, I tried to prepare. It's funny, Kevin, this is probably the most um, prepared I've seen an, an interviewee be. You know, you've, you've sent a huge PDF and you've been good. You've been very diligent, which is fantastic because you don't see that a lot and you've inspired me to actually change what I do too a little bit with my podcast well I appreciate you saying that if, if you knew how how much that was outside my nature to do I mean I have to do that just to kind of make up for my own deficiencies so tell us a little bit about Matthew Alexander tell our listeners who Matthew Alexander is all right so I'm from Toronto yeah Canada for those of you who don't know where Toronto is um <laughs> And I, you know, I, I grew up, my parents are both entrepreneurs. Well, my dad is. My mom works for my dad, but she has the entrepreneurial mindset as well. And I saw what it was like to be an entrepreneur from a young age. Like in elementary school, we're talking about grade school. You know, they, they were there to come to all my hockey games and all my soccer games because they could take time off work. Um, and I knew, I, I didn't know at that point what that was, but later on in life I knew what that was and you know they they worked a stressful life and they always told me you know what don't do this just take the take the college route take the university route and get a good job yeah because I mean it's not like they had trillion dollar corporations sure. here. you know they made a living and it took a lot more to make a living so they wanted me to just you know go go to school get a good job so I did that went to school and I went Went for marketing. I got my Bachelor of Commerce with a specialization in marketing mm -hmm. uh, about three years ago. And in university, that's when I decided um, that, you know, I'm going to get a job. So first year, went to a bunch of net networking events, met with all these people, you know, banks, stuff like that. And, and right away, uh, maybe not right away, I shouldn't say that. But, you know, after a few networking events, I realized that it wasn't for me. Uh, it was a lot of making friends just to get jobs sure. and, and people are friends just to move up the ladder. You know, it, it was all fake and I didn't like that. So I said, you know what, I'm still going to go to school because that's what they want me to do, but I'll use that to launch a business. So specializing in marketing, I launched a digital marketing agency and did that for four years up until uh, January of last year, really. A little bit before that, but that was when I officially closed. And I don't know, Kevin. Do you want to get more into that now, or? Well, I, I was. It's interesting because it it sparked a question in my mind. So, so take us back to the to the. Um, you're in college and you launch a digital marketing agency. That that sounds good, but tell walk us through the nuts and bolts of that real quick. You know, not not in a you know long drawn out way, but just in a in pretty concise way. Just say what does it mean to launch a digital marketing agency? Is it I had a. I had a Facebook profile and Instagram and Twitter profile and I could help people with social or was it, I mean, at what level, what's, what scale, how did you get your first clients, that type of thing? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So I joined what's called the uh, digital marketing zone. It's the DMZ and I, it was a bunch of startups. They're in there 
And I just created a website. That's my launch, mm -hmm. right? Just creating a yeah. website. And I learned a lot from that because really, uh, like you just touched on, that's not a launch. Um, and after that, I knocked on doors and that's how I got my first client. It's my next door neighbor was my first client. Um, he's a dentist. I worked with him up until a few months ago. <laughs> now the yeah, DNC so that was, my was that an online lunch. community? Was that a network or a meetup group? What what was the DMZ? That was like a meetup group. It was uh, an entrepreneurial hub that was uh, sponsored by a bunch of investors, angel investors, um, you know, guys like Sean Wise and uh, what's the other guy's name here? I got his book. Ah, uh, Brad Feld. Brad and Feld, that was in Toronto. Name. So that was in Toronto. Yeah. Locally, you were meeting locally. It wasn't like yeah. an online. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And so fast forward. So you, you did this for four years and then you had, yeah, a, so, had a dream one night and boom. Yeah, no. So it, it didn't come that easy. There was no dream. There was no overnight dream. So I was, I was working extremely hard uh, to build it up, knocking on doors, doing in-person events just to get clients. And, and once I got to an established point, which was after that around three year mark, uh, you know, I was I was making 10,000 a month consistently from my clients. And when I hit that, um, everything kind of went downhill. Mm. And I mean, everything uh, I used to do, you know, wake up early, go to bed late just to, you know, work for my clients, do all this, do all that. And once I was financially free, um, I started outsourcing things. Mm and not caring and there was there was one in particular which really made me stop it was a client that had they needed a flyer done it was a swim school they needed a flyer done so they sent me the content in a word document and in the word document it said bracket insert link here so i sent it over uh, to another country to get it done with sure. the graphic designer the whole thing they come back to me the day it's due of course and on the flyer, it says, insert link here on the actual PDF flyer <laughs> that I can't edit, <laughs> that I can't edit. And it's due today, Kevin. Wow. So I was like, holy, what am I going to do? So, of course, you know, time zone difference, tried to get a hold of them, can't. And um, I, I submitted it, you know, I, and I just pretended like I didn't see it. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Um, because I didn't have any other out right there. Right. I couldn't edit it. And then I ended up putting something together together fast fast but you know you're not going to get quality work and that was when you know I really realized that I don't care about this anymore I'm not serving my clients mm. and that not only is because I don't care so then I went down a whole rabbit hole of, of coaching myself with a coach mm -hmm. uh, not being the coach and finding out what was going on and it was really just a passion issue it was just a passion issue just couldn't figure out I mean you were doing that because you could do it. You were doing it because you were good at it, but it wasn't something that would just get you out of bed in the morning. So, You know what, Kevin? I was distracted. I was in school. Uh, my friends were there. You know, when you go to university here, I'm not sure how it is there, but it's 16 hours of school a week in mm -hmm. class. 16 hours. People work 50 hours a week, no problem, yep. at a day job. Yep. I had so much free time yeah. that between bouncing back, school, driving, doing this, being with my friends at school, telling them about the business. I was excited. I thought I was, I was cool, you know, so I wanted to tell them more every class what I did in my business. And 
that's why I didn't realize. I, I was more passionate about, you know, everything behind it, passionate about making money. I wanted to to prove those people who were not working and staying after school to get good jobs that I would make more than them by the right. time I'm done school. Right. That was my driving factor, you know? Yeah. So yeah. ten thousand a that, month for that's a why I didn't kid, have the passion. That's pretty amazing. I mean I mean for you know, at the level that, you were at. That's not profit, though. That's well, not yeah. Profit. I mean, even revenue. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, and and you were outsourcing. I mean, when you get to that level, especially in 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 the area that you were working in, if you were actually delivering on all the work, you would have been you would have been working, you know, a lot of time. I mean, during the week, so you almost were forced to, you know, at that level, you were almost forced to outsource some of that anyway. So, um, just just for sheer time. Exactly. And it's typically, you know, eight to 12 clients a month. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, you know, you're getting paid from other stuff too. So I had, for example, affiliates with my web hosting. So if Kevin, you came to me, you wanted to build a website, well, sign you up with my reseller account, you know, right. I'll get 150 bucks for that. If I could do, you know, 10 websites a month, that's $30,000. Yep. So it's, there was other ways too. It wasn't just directly from clients, but there was other people involved all that you know I had contractors when I got busy and, and strategy people that I consulted uh, so definitely wasn't all, all revenue but it, it was good so let's let's shift now to to what what you're doing today you and I just kind of stepped on an elevator we're going up 10 floors give me your elevator pitch you got about a minute before my door opens and I go to my office my my cubicle for the for the day so so sell me all right, your service. All right. so I have a brand it's called hobby hustler now and my mission and goal with it is to empower 1 million people to find their passion, find their hobby, and quit their day job to do that full-time. And I do that by my podcast, through my website, and just helping people realize that they don't have to take the leap right away. Mm-hmm. So is this through coaching? Is it through providing, you know, showing them some services that they could they could provide, how to set up an affiliate um, service, how to start a blog. I mean, is there any, any areas of specialty that you're kind of focused on? Yeah, right now I'm focused on coaching, mm-hmm. uh, one-to-one coaching. And I actually have just started some in-person coaching here in Toronto, which is really cool. I'm very new to that. Um, I only did my third in-person coaching session, which was kind of different because you see the person, it's mm-hmm. a whole different vibe, but, um, yeah, so it's coaching. I'm actually just launching a website course now. Um, who, you know, we can we can give something to the audience if if they want to just email me, uh, hustle at hobbyhustler.com. I can give it to them for absolutely free um, because it it is my mission, right? I just want to help one million people do it, um, and then I believe that the money will follow after that's one of my biggest things if you do something you love the money will follow and I've seen that already you know I started this with with no way to monetize I'm like you know what I'm going to interview people start a blog I don't care about the the money right now and it worked you know so I I mean I you and I have a lot of similar interests and and kind of passions in this particular space and so I mean I love the idea of kind of a side hustle. I mean it's it's virtually what this what this podcast is for me. You know, is a it's it's you know nights and weekends beyond my you know my day gig type thing. So, but why particularly when you were when you had your own digital marketing agency, 
you weren't like in a cube farm somewhere working, you know, nine to five in a, in a job you, you didn't like or whatever, a job that you, or you wanted to make extra money on the side or whatever. Why particularly side hustles versus uh, just, just coaching people on starting a business? Why, what's the, what, what, I guess, what was the spark that caused you to focus on the niche of a side hustle versus, you understand the question? I mean, versus just, okay, just go start a business. Right, thing, right. Know? You know, a lot of people don't have what it takes to start a business. It's very, very difficult um, to just say point. from day one, I'm going to start a business. Right. It depends when you get people to, and yeah. that was a big factor. For me, it was easy b- being in college because I didn't have, you know, kids. I didn't mm-hmm. have to feed my kids. I didn't have to put a roof over my kids. So, it was just me, you know, I could live off nothing. I can, right. I can scramble. It's fine. Um, but for example, getting someone, you know, when they're and later twenties and up, it's very difficult to start with that. Right. And I, and I honestly don't think it's ideal either. If I had to start right now today, uh, I, I wouldn't take that route, you know, just leave and start the job. You'd have to start with a side hustle. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times too, people don't want, to become full-time Kevin people just want that extra money so you know they can have that confidence going into work because you know I can say what I want if my boss doesn't like it and he fires me then great I got a backup plan yeah but that's good if they don't have that confidence then they're always walking around willy-nilly and you know they're, they're not showing up every day right so that's kind of the differentiator and I, I think your the market itself is is actually very large. I mean, how many people are, you know, mortgage kind of to the hilt, and and they're kind of living paycheck to paycheck. But they they spend a lot of time in the evenings, you know, cruising Netflix or or you know watching you know just stupid TV shows or or just kind of sitting there vegging, you know, at night when they they could be doing something a lot more profitable, even on weekends type things. So. You know what's how, how do you how do you generate an extra thousand dollars on in somebody's you know um, economy you know so how do you how do you you know walk them through this stage of of uh, saying you know hey you know if if you take take one Netflix movie a night away and and focus that time doing something else you know you would you'd be amazed at at the you know the production you would have the productivity you know change you would see and so give me give me a kind of an idea of like, what are some side hustles that you've seen people start that have been really successful in kind of maybe general categories? You don't have to say specifically, but what what have you seen more? Yeah, absolutely. So one of them, I'll give uh, my uh, good friend Stetson. He goes by Stets, but uh, he started a software as a service, so a SaaS mm-hmm. for Upwork freelancers. Um, and this software basically, you know, it... it gives you early access to all the bids or it gives you notifications right away. And he is extremely passionate about computers, networking, hacking and, and right. coding. Like he loves that. He can sit on his computer all day and just, you know, build programs. Uh, so he, he's one of them. And that was one of the biggest success stories. He just launched and, you know, he had, he had a great launch, tons of sales, um, which was great. Another, I mean, what I what I would do what I would say is you have to realize how big you how much money you need and how big do you want this and yeah. what it can become because if 
you want something long term and you don't need money right now, I would go into passions with you. And I'd spend a lot of time mm-hmm. with passions, how to find your passion, what what do you do in your free time. But if you come to me, Kevin, you say, listen, I need to pay my mortgage this month and I need to hustle. Well, we don't really have time to start with passions. You know, it's right. okay, maybe just go mow the neighbor's lawn for an extra hundred bucks. How can we get that started? Yeah. And then utilize that cash flow to fuel the, the passion project or the hobby hustle, which right. I like to call it. Because the hobby hustle doesn't necessarily make money right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the way that that you you kind of differentiated those two things. So there's one, you know, I've got the immediate need to make money. So you know, you do whatever you got to do. But the other one, it it almost seemed like I don't want to I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but it almost seemed like you know for longevity or sustainability, you have to be passionate about it. You know, I mean, you even talked about that a little bit with your digital marketing agency. You know, you got to the point where, you know, you weren't passionate about it anymore. So. I mean, it just became another job, you know, to mm-hmm. you and, and it, it wasn't getting you out of bed in the morning. It wasn't, you know, or at least getting you out of bed early in the morning, I guess. So, um, exactly. You know, and Kevin, I actually just want to speak to that here for a second. So perfect example. Uh, one of my clients, his name's Julian. He came to me. He's like, listen, I don't hate my job. I know I can't do it forever. I don't want to be in corporate um, and, and he loves cars. Okay. This guy loves cars. I'm telling you his room, there's posters of cars everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, after we found his passion was cars, we were thinking about different car businesses that he can do, mm-hmm. start meetup groups, stuff like that. But there was one interesting one that, that came a little bit later. He, he bought a car and it was sitting in his driveway uh, and or in his garage, whatever. And uh, I said, why don't you rent it, you know, for some extra money in the meantime? And he was like, that's a great idea. So he came through this this world of Turo. And Turo is a platform where you can rent your car for the day. It's like Airbnb for cars. Right. Um, so now what he's doing is he's developing a software for people who list their car on mm-hmm. Turo. Um, so that'll help you find the ideal price. Uh, what actually is your profit? Because he was renting his for a bit and he couldn't figure it out he's like with gas and this and oil changes and tires and brakes i don't really know my bottom line yeah it's good so he's creating this now and, he, and he's so passionate about it because he gets to talk to people about their cars all day mm. you know so so he's loving it and he told me he's like this is a, a two-year three-year four-year five-year goal Right. Like I'm okay staying in my job for the next five years. I don't mind. So we had the time to take this approach. Yeah. Whereas if, if he came and said, you know, I, I need to pay my mortgage this mm-hmm. month, we wouldn't take this approach, you know? Yeah. It's I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I, I have interviewed a number of coaches and, and I've talked to a lot more coaches than I've interviewed, but it's almost like coaches fall into two camps. There's, there's the camp that is a very flexible approach like you take, you know, based on really is client focused about, okay, so tell them, tell me what your situation is, what you're passionate about. You know, I want to discover, I want to discover you, I want to discover your financial situation, what your needs are, what your desires are moving forward, what your passions are, all those things. And then there's the other camp that is kind of like, well, this is my coaching method. Either you fit in this or you don't fit in this. So, you know, this I coach everybody the same way because I've seen it work. It's very effective. And both of those work you know, given, you know, in certain situations, but I, I really like the, the idea of, you know, 
molding and forming your your service around the client you know within within the parameters of of what you provide as a service but um, I really like your approach that says okay depending on what your immediate needs are versus long-term needs what your you know your passions versus you know I got to pay the mortgage type thing so I, I just want to really encourage you and and you know tell you that that is that to me that's a really uh, effective approach to you know clients that are going to come to you you know as a coaching it's not you don't seem to be to the point that you know you're so flexible that you don't have any focus at all i mean mm-hmm. you know there are coaches out there too that i would just you go with the flow and you know there is there are no boundaries or no parameters you know that we stay within so i i just really want to encourage you as i've listened to you kind of share your story and that that really is a seems to be a very effective approach that you've got there so thank you kevin and even the coaches I've worked with too they've all all been like that mm-hmm. I don't believe in a one-size-fits-all approach because everybody's needs are different yeah. so how can you possibly do that right yeah well, let's uh let's let's transition a little bit here and and we're gonna we're gonna circle back near the end of our chat just to really let you focus on the service you provide but uh, I want to kind of get in your head a little bit tell me who online just really has inspired you is there one person that that you've kind of, you know, modeled what you do after or that just been kind of a, an unknown mentor to you that, you know, maybe somebody we might we might have heard of that that uh, is somebody that that you would say, yeah, I, I've really focused on them. Yeah, I wouldn't say I've modeled after him yet, but my goal is to somewhat take this kind of approach down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's Tim Ferriss. Okay. He is absolutely my number one uh, role model mentor anything you want to call it right. i've never worked with him personally right. obviously but from a distance um, i <laughs> excuse me his book uh, bless you yeah, his thanks. book was one of the first ones i've read uh, with this entrepreneurial mindset the 4 hour work sure. week we've all read that um, <laughs> we've all read that exactly yeah. and he he got me in that thinking um, i think his ability why i look up to him is First of all, he's extremely intelligent. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you listen to his interviews, they're amazing. He's yep. the best question asker I've ever listened to. Yep. Um, better than me, better than you, Kevin, better than everyone I know. Oh, man, I'm <laughs> he shocked. He is amazing. <laughs> right. No, I'm telling you, he is so good. And yeah, he is. before I started listening to his podcast, I was like, there's no way I'm going to listen to two hours. And I listened to them all, two yep. hours long. Yep. He's great. Captivating. Yep. He uh, went no to uh, Princeton, I believe, too, so... Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, it's interesting because even when you when you look at what he does versus his book, I mean, he works more than four hours a week. I mean, it's. But the whole the whole idea behind that is just how do you how do you automate your systems? How do you outsource the things that you're not you know that are not a strength? How do you um, you know really work as the E Myth book talks about? How do you work on your business versus in your business type things? So. Um, I, yeah, I, I am. I'm with you. I mean, his. I've listened to a number of his podcasts, and you, time virtually just gets away from you. I mean, there's no way. I don't have enough interesting information to be able to captivate anybody for two hours. So, um, yeah, it, it absolutely, is I agree. It is certainly a gift. That's is there true. a uh, is there a quote that really inspires you that you know you may have written down somewhere you got taped on your laptop? you know, type thing. Is there something that really stands out? You go, Hey, I, I read this every day. It's This is what inspires me to get up. So, you know what? It's so funny. So I'm sitting at my desk right now, uh-huh. uh, so you can't actually see my desk, but behind my desk. So over there I have a quote from the book. 
uh, and it, it's pasted on my wall and I'll just read it here. Yeah. Uh, for all of the most important things, the timing always sucks. Waiting for a good time to quit your job, the stars will never align and the traffic lights of life will never be green at the same time. The universe doesn't conspire against you, but it doesn't go out of its way to line up the pins either. Conditions are never perfect. Someday is a disease that will take your dreams to the grave with you. Pro and con lists are just as bad. If it's important to you and you want to do it, eventually just do it and correct the course along the way. And that's by Tim Ferriss. It's in the four-hour work week. It's amazing. What is that one line right before the pros and cons list are worthless? What was that one line that says someday is? So it says someday because a lot of people will say, you know, someday right, I'll start right. it, right? So someday is a disease that will take your dreams to the grave with you. So it's basically wow. saying that someday will never come. And it's so true because that's one of the biggest things people people will come to me with. You know, I want to do this someday or, or you know, even the quote before that with the stars will never align. So they'll say someday because I'm waiting for X, Y, and Z. But listen, that's never going to happen. I love that. Someday is a disease that will take your dreams to the grave with them. Wow. That is that is yeah. a great great quote. That yeah, is, Tim's uh, great. Yeah, that may be the that may be my of all the interviews I've ever done. That may be my favorite quote that I've heard somebody somebody use on here. So, and I mean we're at we're almost in the sixty range of of interviews. So, you know, we may Amazing. have to send you something free in the post just just because you you got that quote of the quote of the year or something right there. Quote of the and year. We've had a lot of really good quotes for sure. So, well, I want to transition a little bit and just really give you give you space to kind of expand on on your the, you know the service you provide like if uh, listeners are certainly captivated by your story up to this point and now how can they kind of get engaged so what i would like to do is i'd love to finish our our chats with what i call like a almost a micro course you know maybe a three-point micro course of of if you're meeting them for the first time your first client whatever how would you get started how would you encourage them to get started in this whole area of of a side hustle. So you got the floor and, and give us your best shot here. Okay. Uh, so the first thing I want to say is, you know, school, society, a lot of business blogs will teach you market research first. Mm -hmm. um, but the what I teach you is uh, market research on yourself first. So before you even decide anything, do market research yourself and audit yourself. What podcast do you listen to? What magazine? do you read what do you do on a Sunday morning or a Tuesday night you know ask your your friends and family what do you think I enjoy what, what do you see me happiest uh, when when do you see me happiest like what activities am I doing um, and and always start there um, and this of course Kevin is if you know we're ta ta talking the, the hobby hustler approach sure, sure. and finding what you're passionate about right right I would definitely start there um, and then I guess if if trying to start it it's now we have this passion mm -hmm. how can I create an audience first and that's one thing I did with hobby hustler the brand and even in businesses past that have helped incredibly um, I've never launched something without a client or someone in mind that I'd approach or someone that I already just approached in general to see if that the market would even validate it first mm -hmm. and and that's super important so so with Hobby Hustler, what I did, I created a Facebook group, reached out to people and told them my mission and why I'm doing this. I didn't have any products to sell. I just wanted to see if people believed the vision. And 
if you can do this next step, great. If not, it's not a huge deal. But try and create a category. Don't try and go into a category. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is there's this whole category of side hustling, mm-hmm. and there's this whole side, um, there's the whole category of starting a business, right? But Kevin, before me, have you ever heard of hobby hustling? Probably not in those before in you that spoke particular, to me. Yeah, probably not in that particular uh, that specifically for sure. I mean, I've, you've heard of side gigs and side hustles and stuff like that, but yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that's what I mean. So, so side hustle is his own term. But what I did was I created a category, mm-hmm. you know, and I created this different version of it that people will now either love it or hate it. And if they hate it, well, I don't care because you know what, they're not going to be in my audience and you have to be okay with that. That's another very important thing I just touched on there. Not everyone's going to be your client, right? Not everyone is going to work with you, right? You know, and you just have to be okay with that. Well, those are, I mean, just those three points alone. If So so, let me kind of recap what you said. You're talking about how you're identifying what your side hustle, has, side hustle is, is, you know, first is just audit yourself. You know, not only you're not only looked at, look at the things, what are you doing in your free time? What are you researching on the web? What podcast you listening to? But also ask those that are around you that know you, you know, kind of do it almost like a 360 evaluation inventory type thing of, about, you know, who you are. The second you you mentioned was how to create or 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 and I would I kind of added to not only creating but even or even identifying who your audience is, you know where is there an audience that's similar to this that's already meeting or are you creating you know you creating a new audience around this specific thing? The third is just you know differentiating yourself by creating a new category. You know how do you how are you clear on your message? How have you niche down to you know it's it's like you're almost forcing people to to either identify with it or not you know that type of thing so you're so clear in your messaging that this either fits you or it doesn't fit you you're you're not confused by that is that a, is that a pretty good synopsis of, of what you just did absolutely yeah. and if i could just touch on a few more things here i kind of just answered the question rambled but absolutely. Um, i want to just stress the importance because building your audience first is huge because after they'll tell you what product they want. Mm. Um, and before I, so I started a blog first and when I had my audience, you know, I was writing and, and no one was reading the blog really. You know, I had my, my few readers, but they all wanted podcasts because they mm. all had a day job and they wanted to listen to something in the car and on the way home, not read. You can't read and drink. Drive, right. but you can listen and drive. So that's why I started that. And I was able to launch to 400 people in my Facebook group, mm-hmm. which, you know, gave me pretty much a minimum of 300 downloads per episode yeah. just off the bat. Right. You know, so if, if you can do that, it makes everything so much easier. If I spent a year on my blog and no one read it, then, you know, I'm just wasting a year. Whereas I, I sidetrack that. Now I still occasionally post on it because there's definitely people who listen, but it's not my priority. Uh, the other one is figure out how you can become an authority. Mm. There's different ways to do it, oh. but figure it out. Um, you know, something I'm doing right now, which is an interesting concept, is I'm creating a book. It's called uh, 200 Hobby Hustles That You Can Start Today. And in each hobby hustle, I have a person feature it. So let's say let's say number one was uh, create a podcast. Mm-hmm. So Kevin, you're, you've created a podcast, you're a host, you would write 
the whole paragraph right. for that section. Right. At the bottom, I put your contact details if they want to contact you to get paid. Uh, you know, you can coach them, whatever it sure. is. So this is like a huge resource. Mm-hmm. And every one of those 200 people will share it. Yep. And because I'm connecting them, I'm the authority there. Right. So that's just another thing right. I'm doing to establish myself as an authority. Um, the last thing is you gotta you gotta get your sales down. You gotta know how to sell. Mm-hmm. Read Grant Cardone. I don't know what to tell you there. <laughs> yeah, regardless of what you do, you gotta be able you gotta be able to sell. Yeah, you, you gotta be able to sell. So, were you because you were born into kind of this entrepreneurial family or whatever? Do you think you had that? you know, from an early age, or is that something you really developed into this kind of the salesman, you know, ambiance or whatever you want to call it? Um, you know, I think I had it in the back of my mind mm-hmm. for sure. I've seen it, but I, I think I listened to a lot of Grant Cardone and read a lot of books on, on sales, spin selling. Um, I would say it's a combination, honestly. I, I don't know because yeah, I would say it's a combination. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, there are people that that you've met that are just born. They're they're born talkers. They can they can think on their feet really easily. They they can circle around and they they can answer objections and all these things that you know they just have a gift of doing that. And there are others that you can you've seen that have really worked hard at developing those skills. You know that they didn't have them naturally. And then so it's, I think you're right. I think it is kind of a combination of the two. And it's it's too easy to say, well, I'm not a salesman. You know, I'm not a salesperson, so I, I, I can't do that. Well, actually, these are skills that you have to be able to develop if you're going to be in this, if you're going to operate in this space. So, and this is Absolutely. It's a great, um, uh, you should you should charge for this service that you just provided for our podcast audience. So we'll, we'll make sure that you, that you got that, uh, that we got all your contact information on the podcast notes and, and point people in your direction. But as they're listening, it's just hobbyhustler.com. That's the website, correct? Yes, correct. Correct. So you can go that, there. That's the best place to find you online is is through that. I know you got a Facebook group as well. Are those two connected? Yeah, so that's primarily where I operate uh, through the website and through Facebook. Um, and then I got the podcast. If you just search it uh, in your iTunes or your favorite podcast player, right? And it's a great podcast, guys. I want to encourage you to listen to to that for sure, and and I have as well. But. Um, Man, we just really are grateful for you taking the time today just to kind of uh, lay this out for us and and uh, just to hear your story. I've been, like I said, I've been looking for this interview, looking forward to this interview since since we initially met and had a had a mutual friend that kind of put us in contact yep. with each other. And uh, thank you, Mike McRitchie, one of our early guests on the podcast. But uh, man, is there anything you want to say just to wrap up and and uh, we'll just we'll just close our chat here with with uh, however you want to wrap this up. Perfect. Yeah. So thank you, Mike, as well. Um, I think the biggest thing that's helped my business in 2019 so far has been Facebook Live. Mm. Um, I've been going on Facebook Live almost every day. I'd say every other day on average. And the engagement you get with it is incredible. Um, If you're struggling right now, uh, with whether it's in your business, getting new clients, getting exposure, jump on that every day. Make a commitment and just get started with that. And I'm telling you, after a month, you'll see results. Or less. Even two, three weeks, you'll see results. Yeah. And you multitask because you do it in the car a lot, I see. On well, Facebook. I'm parked. 
I'm always parked, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I you're driving because I, when I'm driving, I think about what it's going to be about. And then when I park, I, I actually record. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for taking the time today and just sharing your story with our audience. And, and uh, every one of these these uh, chats that I have, I mean, I'm I'm in the audience and I'm a learner as well. So I just really appreciate you taking the time and just sharing your skill set, sharing your passions and your your experience and your expertise with us. And uh, just thank you for just really playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Have a great day. Thank you, Kevin.